this episode, Marie Curie, and the only person in history who's won Nobel Prizes in different disciplines. Right? And these 20 little vans go out to the front line and tens of thousands of soldiers get x-rays. And, and she had her own, one of them was hers, and she was at the front line. And over a million soldiers get x-rays in World War I because of her. There was no recognition from the French government for her humanitarian efforts in World War I. It's the one person who stands up that makes yeah. the difference, yeah, yeah. right? That's right. Amiri Curie is clearly that type of person. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. Hey, Mark, I believe you have a story from history that's going to uh, enlighten us. Yep. It's one of those stories where I thought I, I, thought I knew the story, but... Uh, there's really important things that I didn't know. And pretty much everyone listening knows Madame Curie, Marie Curie. Um, she won uh, her first Nobel Prize in 1903 in conjunction with her husband, and that was in the field of physics. Yep. In 2011, she wins her second Nobel Prize, and that's in the field of chemistry. And so mm. she's the first woman ever to win a Nobel Prize. She's the first person to win two Nobel Prizes and the only person in history who's won Nobel Prizes in different disciplines. Right, bit of an underachiever. Basically, you know, <laughs> she's your average underachiever. Um, and so I kind of got this mental image of Marie Curie uh, being this workaholic lab rat, uh, you know, stuck in a lab researching and not the case. Well, not always the case. Because 2000, uh, sorry, 1911, she wins her second Nobel Prize. 1914, um, the World War I breaks out. And so she thinks, what can I do? And so she realises that a lot of surgeries are conducted at the front line and they don't have time. You know, they, they, they just simply do not have the ability to get the soldiers back into one of the very few hospitals in, in France that had an X-ray machine, you know, sort of yeah. fixed X-ray machines. And so she goes, well, and she invents, they, they, they were called petite curies, little curies. Really? Little vans, <laughs> funky little vans. Uh, just imagine a, you know, a really, really, really old little van. And, yep. and she, she invented portable X-ray machines. She fitted them out with uh, dynamos to power the X-ray machine. Uh, they had photographic light room, a uh, dark room uh, in them so that they could process the uh, images, et cetera. And, and these things were able to be used by surgeons at the front line. Wow. One of, one of the interesting things I found out is that the French military were really dragging their heels in terms of funding her project. And so she went to, the, uh, to a, uh, an, a, a women's organization uh, in uh, in in Paris, the Union of Women of France, and said, can I have some money? And they gave her some money. She built her first one. And it, it all worked. And so she then went around to lots of wealthy women in, in Paris and said, please fund me one of these. She ends up with 20, right? And these 20 little vans go out to the front line and tens of thousands of soldiers get x-rays through these things. 
and, and she had her own. One of them was hers, and she was at the front line operating the machine. Is that right? She, she she's trained. She, she's out there, right? She's out there at the front line, kind of figuring out how does this work and how can it be better and et cetera, et cetera. She trains all the women. So they were all operated by women, so she trains them how to do it and et cetera. She then goes on and oversees the installation of 200 X-ray machines at, at field hospitals. And they're kind of semi-permanent uh, hospitals yep. uh, mm-hmm. near the front line, but... Uh, because World War One was, you know, a lot of World War One was fought in pretty fixed locations around the trenches. They could have these, anyway, two hundred of those, and over a million soldiers get X-rays in World War One because of her. And this makes a big difference, doesn't it, to their lives, right? Those oh, soldiers, that's right. those soldiers, if they've got a bullet stuck in their arm, pretty, you know, like a lot of them are going to lose their arm because they don't know where the bullet is, right? So. By having an X-ray, they can. Oh, there's the bullet. They take it out, and the the, the limb is saved. So, wow. just yeah, really a lot of pain un- taken uh-huh. out of uh, a terrible situation. Yeah, yeah. what so, an amazing story. Yeah, that's, so that's fantastic. Of, but but just out of the, just, she seemed to have this pretty strong, uh, on a humanitarian uh, drive, but also what a what a what a woman, what a will. Yeah. In terms of getting things done, yeah. she wasn't going to let anything get in her way. <laughs> right? away. It was like, there are problems and I shall fix them. That's yep. uh, the way to do it. Hey, that's great. I love that. And, you know, there's a couple of things in the story that, um, you know, sort of stand out. I mean, when you were sort of saying little vans, for some reason, I was thinking those little Citrons. Oh, the Citron uh, 2CV6. Yeah, yeah, 2CVs. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking, oh, maybe they're little Citrons. I don't know. I don't know if they had them back then. But, um, uh, so that was a real, I could sort of really imagine that. And for some reason, when you're talking about the, the rich Parisian woman, women, I was, I was sort of imagining those fancy dresses with, you know, the, yeah. you know, the internal girdles and things like that. So I had that sort of picture in my head. So I thought, and the feathers coming out of the Yeah, hair that's and, right. Exactly. Yeah. It was all, all that sort of uh, garb. Uh, so I thought that was lovely. Um, and, and, and by the way, I really liked how you start that story with, like a set of facts around the Nobel Prizes, and and the fact that there's three facts, I think that's yeah, that's quite nice. nice yeah. You know, um, we, I mean, she she then uh, had a child, her daughter, who also won the Nobel Prize. I mean, talk about family, eh? Yeah, and um, and and her son-in-law also won a Nobel Prize. Oh, okay, right. So they're just they're so, rolling, yeah, rolling yeah. on, yeah. Yeah, the um, family tradition, and and her anyway, daughter, by the way, was one of the was one of the women that was operating the, mach- the X-ray machines in that, World War One. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. That's great. So what what bits do you like about the story? What were the things that uh, you enjoy telling? Well, I, I love that she just went and got the money and she made it happen. Yeah. She got her first one funded and then she just goes around and that it was like it was all done by women. Like, Well, I, I think it's a sort of a recurring theme, isn't it? You know, she goes to the military, she doesn't get, you know, a, a warm welcome. It reminded me of that Hedy Lamar story with the, um, uh, you know, sort of she more or less had, had, had invented a, uh, a mechanism for um, uh, sort of like a radar mechanism for uh, torpedoes to detect torpedoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, she took that. She painted it. And Hedy Lamar being a, a great actress of the 30s, uh, by World War II, you know, they had that patent, but the military weren't interested because they couldn't believe an actress and a woman uh, could have come up with something That's useful. Right. So, um, 
Well, they problem. Well, that's the great thing about Mary Marie Curie. She just, but he made it happen. She just right. went, went and did it. Yep. And of course, this, you know, this theme plays out a lot in history. There was no recognition from the French government for her humanitarian efforts in World War One. Right. That Is was, that right? Yeah. Like you know, you got a million people. Yep. Essentially saved or certainly reduced harm in some way. Wow. Yeah, so and, and it kind of got embarrassing because uh, in uh, after World War One, she was raising fun, uh, money for her research around radium. Yeah, and she was in she was did a fundraising tour in the US, and so she's you know she's getting all, all these accolades, all her yep. achievements are being listed, but she's got no. And anyway, the French government sort of went, "Oh, we." We better do something. And then they awarded her, I think it was a Legion of Honor or something like that. And she just went, no, <laughs> it's okay, guys. It's a bit late. Too late now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, what could we do to make this story even better? I think that it's a nice, it's a nice story. I love the fact that, you know, I love these history stories. Um, so uh, I think that's good. And it's also what I like too about this story is that it's not one, certainly not one I ever heard about Marie Curie, right? So, mm-hmm. and I'm sort of keyed into a little bit of that. I, I would have, it'd be something I would read about. Like I would dive into something like that. So that was great to hear another angle that I hadn't heard of before. Um, but what about business use? How do we use this story from a business perspective? What's the business point that jumps out for you? Uh, just about uh, uh, putting people in silos because, you know, I had her pegged as a, you know, a, researcher. a researcher yep and and in business you know we see people who are good at stuff and we go oh you better keep doing that stuff because you're really good at it uh, rather than going oh you're good at stuff maybe you could try try your hand at something else is there something else you might like to try the hand at? Yeah. i guess it's the case for uh, uh multi-skilling people and giving them opportunities to to operate in different areas outside their their initial specialization yeah yeah, absolutely. And uh, it kind of reminds me of also as another business point, uh, that, I think it was a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt uh, along the lines, and I haven't got the quote right, but this is sort of something like, you know, it's it's the one person who stands up that makes yeah. the difference. Yeah, right? That's right. Mary Curie is clearly that type of person. She's not going to sit back and say, ah, look, it's a big job. You know, there's no way I can do that. It's like, no, I'm just going to get this done. I'm going to invent the machine. I'm going to convince the government. I'm going to get the money. I, like, that's it's a ginormous job, and she managed to do it. So I think it's um, quite remarkable. Um, so that would be one of the other business points. Don't sit yeah. back and think you can't make something happen just yep. because you're one person. By the way, I, I saw a, a business version of that uh, a while back. I was doing some work in an insurance company, and they were sort of pushing this idea of whole life. Let, let's look at people's whole lives and healthy living and uh, as a sort of a different way, I suppose, to reduce premiums, et cetera. And there was a woman who worked in the uh, cafeteria who said, well, we should start with the cafeteria, right? Like you look at the food we've got, we've got all this junk food and things like that. So she said, she's first of all created healthy Friday food, right? So on Fridays, it was all, you know, salads and, and good healthy foods. And, uh, and then it just grew and grew and grew. And she more or less built this movement, this inside the organization, this health movement, 
happened just through this one woman. She did have no, she had no authority in terms of, you know, her level in the hierarchy. She was you know, someone who worked in the cafeteria, but she had a massive impact on that organization. So I just love uh, that. Yeah. That reminds me. So uh, my son, Lewis went to uh, university uh, in, uh, in the U S and like he, he he's an incredibly healthy eater. Yes. I can really. attest and, to that. Yeah. <laughs> incredibly healthy and uh he would one of the regular topics of conversation when, when, when we spoke which was regularly uh was uh, he would turn up to the cafeteria because he was uh you know he, he's, he was living in the university and so he was eating in the cafe or refectory or whatever they call it and uh like he would just turn up and there'd just be you know there would be junk food um and so every day he would every meal every day he would ask for vegetables um, and eventually they started putting vegetables out. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Cause he, yeah, he would, he would just go off and, and kind of just buy uh, and go to a supermarket and just yeah. buy vegetables and stuff. And yeah. Uh, look after himself. But up he himself. eventually got a change. Yeah. I mean, not, not in a huge way, but they, they, you know, then every meal there were vegetables. Right. So that, because yeah, I knew just... Lewis was coming in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that guy's going to ask again. <laughs> Uh, good. Okay, so uh, let's give this one a score. Uh, I think this is a, this, I love this story. This is an eight out of 10 for me, uh, maybe even eight and a half. It's a, it's a nice, strong story um, that I'm looking forward to tell. So thanks for that. That's a good one. Yep, what about nice. for you? Look, I'm, I, I absolutely love it, but I'm going to give it a seven because we only came up with a couple of business applications for it. So right. uh, really you may not think story. it's versatile enough. Yeah, I guess that's it's it's you know great story, but not as hugely not hugely versatile. Yeah. But one that that I, you know, if you do use, uh, I think would have a huge impact. Yeah. And the Eleanor Roosevelt quote: um, "Nothing has ever been achieved by the person who's nothing has ever been achieved by the person who says it can't be done." There you go. Good on you. She had it worked out. Well, guys, thanks again for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. Really appreciate it. Tune in next week uh, for another episode on how to put your stories to work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.